And it's kind of one of those uh, topics or core values, I would say, that it doesn't necessarily have to be in in Christianity as a baseline, but it it should be lived out throughout the world. But I would just give a a baseline that Christianity is probably the one place that Thanksgiving should happen for people that are followers of Jesus, for people that have encountered the gospel. And so the challenge is, though, we live in this world today that doesn't necessarily exemplify this value of Thanksgiving. We, we live in this world that's very fast moving and it's, it's very fast paced and we, we see things and we do things and we're busy in our schedules and, and we, we have a lot to do, but we often forget about Thanksgiving unless it's during the holiday. It's, it's very interesting how uh, our hearts begin to, to morph when uh, Thanksgiving comes. We find ourselves being a little more generous as a nonprofit, the leader of a nonprofit organization, we find this all the time. Between October and December, that's when most of funds are raised in churches and or nonprofit organizations. And the reason behind it is because there's a sense of the holiday that's coming and people find themselves being more generous toward that. But the interesting part about that is that God doesn't want us to be generous just for a quarter of the year. He wants us to be generous as a lifestyle. He wants us to be thankful and giving thanks as a lifestyle. And so today we're going to be talking about this topic called thanks what? Thanks what? Right? Thanksgiving. But today it's kind of like thanks what? You want me to say what? Thank you? Ah. And so it's interesting because I remember uh, going into this store one day and I was walking into the grocery store to get some grocery, which is a little counter of, of who I am, not just because I don't buy groceries, but my wife, she's very good at that. And so she needed me to go and pick up something one day and I was going into the doors and I love those doors that you don't have to push anything, right? They just open up. It's like, it's, it's, it's kind of like faith. When you walk toward God and believe, it just opens up the door. But this door wasn't like that. It was manual. So I had to hold the door and open up. It was quite heavy door, but I seen this dear lady kind of walking behind me, and she was quite a few steps behind me. And uh, as she opened, as I opened the door, I said, "You know, let me hold the door for this dear lady that's coming." And you know, she looked at me, and I noticed that she didn't give me any kind of nodding or thank you or I appreciate you, and she just kind of walked right on past me as I was holding the door for. Now, mind you, I waited quite a few seconds to hold the door for her. Wanted to demonstrate a little bit of chivalry, you know, that that's kind of lost today. Just a dear woman coming. Let me hold the door for you, ma'am, and demonstrate some proper etiquette. And she just walked right past me. So me being who I am, you know, I grew up in an inner city and it was kind of rough. And if you didn't tell people, thank you, you got called out. And so I decided to get in my flesh a little bit. And I said, you're welcome. And just walked on by my way, right? But you know, my friends, it's interesting because as I was thinking about that, that bothered me in the store that day. It did. I was pushing a car and I was getting my, my Fruity Pebbles and Fruit Loops, all the stuff that my, mom, my, my wife didn't want me to get. And I was thinking to myself, what, what, what was it that caused that lady not to demonstrate Thanksgiving? Just a sense of thankfulness toward me. I mean, she, she literally made eye contact with me as I held the door. And she, she didn't even nod or bother to say, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And I just began to ask myself, I was, I was walking and pushing the buggy. I began to ask myself, what was it? Maybe was she just, maybe was she just selfish? I don't know. Was she several, what, what, maybe, maybe she was just she was conforming to the culture of the lack of thanksgiving that we experience here in America some. 
Or, 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 or it could have been that maybe she just had poor manners and etiquette. Don't know. Maybe she wasn't taught that as a, as a young woman. I don't know what it was. And I even thought to myself, maybe she felt that she was patron- patronized. I don't need you holding the door for me. I can get it on my own. You know, I'm an independent woman today. And it's like, okay, great. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and I was just thinking, like, what, what is it that, that made her not want to give thanks and thank me for just the, the kind courtesy that I showed her? And finally it got to me. I said, well, maybe she was just ungrateful. Maybe she was just absolutely ungrateful. She could have had a bad day at work that caused her attitude to be bad, but in that moment, she expressed this ungratefulness. And, and all people, my friends, all people don't necessarily view Thanksgiving, this, this value of, of giving thanks. We don't necessarily view it as a core value in our lives or even the need for it to be a consistent attitude in our lives. We don't. But the reality of it is for Christians, it's absolutely necessary. For the believer, for the one that has has placed their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ, it's not only necessary, but the Bible says that it is a commandment. You're probably like, no, you're lying. Okay, I'm going to show you in just a moment. So, But but the question I want to ask you today is how are you in your own life of giving thanks toward one God and others? Because I love the cross, the imagery of the cross is because it shows us how vertically we have to have our lives in alignment with God and a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, who has come to forgive us of our sins and and make us a new person and and redeem us back to having a relationship with God. And the cross really shows this vertical relationship that it has to be right with him first. And in order for it to be right with him first, we have to go through Jesus, who's the way, the truth, and the life. And so when that happens, then it begins to be horizontal to others. And so if, if, if I'm having issues with other people, then that also means I got to get myself right with God. And so as we look at just having an ungrateful heart, not demonstrating thanksgivingness, I, thanksgiving, I want to ask you this question today. How are you in giving thanks toward, number one, God and others in your life? Do you, do you find yourself only being thankful when it's the holiday season? Or do we find ourselves only being thankful when things are going great? We're prosperous. Our health is good. Kids doing well. Finances are got a little money in the bank. Great. Cars doing well. Do we only find ourselves being thankful when life is, is, is running its course and people ask you, hey, how you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Blessed of the Lord. Awesome. But do you find yourself being thankful when somebody says, how you doing? I'm doing terrible. It's awful. Going through hell and high water. When do you find yourself being most thankful? And how is that demonstrated in your life, number one, toward God and toward others? The scripture that we're going to kind of just unpack today is from 1 Thessalonians 5.18. You may be able to view it on the screen here as well. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. And it tells us something very, very simple. It tells us that we should not only show to give thanks for some things, but everything. Matter of fact, this, this translation, I love it, in the NIV, it says, give thanks in all circumstances. Another translation, the NKJV, may say, give thanks in everything. 
But it says, give thanks in all circumstances. And this is the part that really hits me because this is, this is the commandment. Paul saying, give thanks. He's inspired by the Holy Spirit who's writing this book to these, these Christians in, in Thessalonica, uh, Thessalonica. And it's a church there of, of Christians. And he's writing to them and he's encouraging them through this exhortation to say, hey, I want you to understand something no matter what you're going through. If you're enduring persecution, if you're enduring sickness, if your children are running off and being bad, whatever the situation is in every circumstance, I I want you to give thanks. Why? Because this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Now, it's interesting because in 1 Thessalonians, just a few verses ahead, he, he gives them three exhortations. The first one is rejoice always. That's hard. Amen. The, rejoice always. That's the first exhortation he gives them. And then the next exhortation is really hard. It says pray without ceasing. Meaning to stay in this attitude of prayer where you're in commune with God at work, at school, driving. You're, you're communing with God, talking to him and listening to the Holy Spirit that's within you. He says pray without ceasing. Being this manner of continue to pray and, and, and trust God. So rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And then he concludes it up with in everything Give thanks. Give thanks in all circumstances for all these things is the will of Christ Jesus for you. I love this because we really see this demonstrated in the Old Testament. We read the Psalms today. I think it was out of 137 or something like that. But we really see this demonstrated in the Old Testament of the Hebrew, the Hebrews that they modeled thanksgiving to God. In, in every situation, the good and the bad, you can see it all throughout the Old Testament of how the Hebrew God's chosen people, Israel, they modeled giving thanks to God, whether it was bad or whether it was good. Let, let, let's look at this, First Chronicles 16, 8 through 12. This is one of the, the, the good things that they were experiencing as it was recorded in First Chronicles 16, 8 through 12. It says, give praise to the Lord. Just want to give you this disclaimer. Thanksgiving is often considered a form of prayer because it's praise to God. It says, give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Testimony. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord, what? Rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles. And it goes on to say, and the judgments that he pronounced. This is a time in Israel where they, where they were experiencing the blessing of God. And, and they were recording this in Chronicles from a, a particular situation that, and an event that had happened that was recorded in the book of Chronicles. And they were writing this as a, as a testament even to us that would read it today to give praise to God, to give thanks to God, and to let your life in, in, in the attitude of serving God and serving others always be filled with the gratitude that would exude thanksgiving. But then there's this guy by the name of Job. I don't know if you've ever heard of Job, but Job is, a, is another book in the Bible of, of a man that was rich, full with so many riches. And, and God had to allow something catastrophic to happen in, in Job's life, this catastrophe that happened in Job's life that literally Satan was allowed to take everything away from him. His family, his wealth, even his health. 
And listen to what Job records in Job 121. Listen, just listen to this. Job says, he, I love this because I have to remind myself this time of this a lot of times. He says, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. I love that church because it reminds me of all the things in this world that, that God gives because he is the giver of every good and perfect gift. It, it, it's not mine, and I can't take it with me when I leave. So naked, in essence, it's naked I came into this world, naked I'll depart from it. And so Job says, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. And this is what he said, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Job understood that God gave me everything that I've had. And he has chosen in his sovereignty, God can do whatever he wills. Why? Because he's God. Sometimes we don't understand it. Sometimes we don't agree with it. But he can do whatever he wills because he's God. And Job understood that the Lord gave me that for a season. He gave me my wife. He gave me my children. He gave me my cattle. He gave me my land. He gave it to me, but now he has taken it away from me. And this is what he says. May the name of the Lord be praised. My friends, I don't know about you, but I don't think I could have been as strong as Job in that sense. I'm just being so transparent, but I can go back and read a little bit of Job's story of how he had crazy friends around him that were voices that weren't godly. And Job had this relationship with God before God even allowed Satan to take away those things. God knew that Job would not ever curse him. Why? Because he understood that Job knew who he was. And regardless of what happened to him, God considered him righteous enough that Job would thank him in any circumstance. I don't know about you, but I would love to be one of God's children that he can deem that trustworthy of. That anything God gives to me, anything he takes away from me, I can still say, God, thank you. I can still say, God, you be praised. And so the Old Testament, the Hebrews, the, 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 the people of God's, God's chosen people of the Old Testament, they model thanksgiving to God. They model this. And so today, what I want to do is I want to kind of unpack 1 Thessalonians 5.18 just with some things I'm going to share with you. I want to ask you this question. What are some things that causes us not to demonstrate thanksgiving? What are some things in our lives that, that causes us not to demonstrate thanksgiving? One of the things I'm going to say is this is negative perspectives. I, I came from a, 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 a very negative home. So my outlook on things, a lot of times, it, it, it starts negative. And so I've had to become aware in my leadership, in my, in my relationship with God and understanding of who God is in the Bible and allowing him to reveal himself to me, that I have to switch my perspective to not always be negative and, and assuming and suspicious. But I had to learn to assume the positive. My wife, she, she's golden at helping me with that. Like, assume the positive, Will. And sometimes the things that can help us that cause us not to be thankful and demonstrate thanksgiving is our negative perspective when we're going through tough circumstances in our life. Maybe there's sickness in our body. Maybe we, some, one of our relatives we encountered or friends, death struck us in a certain way that we weren't prepared for. And maybe, maybe it's we find ourselves in this financial rut or this physical rut or we got laid off from a job or demoted. You, get, you didn't get accepted into a program or a school, whatever it is. You may find yourself in a rut, and it forms this negative perspective. 
And oftentimes, your outlook on something will become your outcome. How you view something can definitely become your outcome. The Bible tells us, whatsoever a man thinketh, that so he is. Paul, the apostle who wrote this book, he had every reason to be negative. Even when he wrote this book, he, he, he was imprisoned in Rome for the sake of the gospel. He was writing some of the letters that we're reading today from a position of prison. And I love what Philippians, the first chapter, says. Paul, he's, he's writing to this other church that he had founded in Philippi, and he tells them this. He tells them, don't let me and my position discourage you. He says, don't let because I'm in change discourage you from preaching the gospel. As a matter of fact, let it advance the gospel because it's even happening while I'm in prison. Paul had every reason, church, to have this negative perspective, but his perspective had shifted because he understood the purpose of God on his life. And sometimes we don't understand God's purpose and his plan on things, and we find our perspective being negative, but when we can go back and look at God's intended purpose and his plan, we may not see it in the beginning, but we can trust him that in the end, it, we will win. We can trust him that in the end, it's going to be for his good and his glory, and we get to, choose, we get to be a part of it. And so Paul had every reason to be negative, but he chose to have a positive perspective. Another thing that, that can cause us not to demonstrate Thanksgiving is, is unfair expectations. We feel like, you owe me. You owe me for that. You, you should have done that. It's this you owe me attitude. Another thing is, is discontentment. It's not enough. Sometimes we feel like, oh, you didn't do enough. You could do more. You could have done better. And we have this discontentment within ourselves that causes us not to be as thankful as God would want us to be. Another one would be hardiness, hardiness, being prideful, a little prideful, lifted up. I deserve that. Huh? I'm worth it. I'm worth these set of flowers you gave me, baby. Uh-huh. I ain't got to tell you thank you. I'm worth that diamond ring you put on my finger. You know, no, I'm worth it. That, that can cause us to be ungrateful. It's the hardiness. Even being self-centered sometimes, it's about me. I'm glad you did that for me. That made me feel better. Praise the Lord. And never giving thanksgiving back. I love the word thanksgiving because it, it literally, if you just flip it, that's what it means. Give thanks. Thanksgiving, giving thanks. But things that cause us not to be thankful, greed, wondering if you can obtain more. You can get more. Oh, I haven't got enough yet. Resentment. Oh, this is a big one. Resentment. He still has more than me. She still has more. She, she got more than me. He got more than me. She looked better than me. He looked better. Their car is better than mine. Their house is better than mine. Their kids are going to a better school than mine. They live in a better situation. It's always been like this for me. They had a better opportunity than me. Resentment can keep us from being ungrateful. Deception is another one. The enemy, is, he's a master at this deception. Uh, I could have done this a little better. I could have done that a little bit better. I could, have, I, I could tweak that a little bit more. I could have done, why, why not just be thankful for exactly what it is? It didn't have to be perfect, but I'm thankful for exactly what it is. 
deception. A lot of times the enemy will deceive our minds to think, oh, you can do better. You can get more. You can obtain this. and You can go far here. and You can do this. And he deceives us. And a lot of times rationalization does it too. It probably would have happened anyway. Right? We'll think that sometimes. Ah, oh, it probably would have happened anyway. That's okay. I have to be thankful. These are, some, these are just some, some things that can cause us to not demonstrate thanksgiving, but then it leads to what I would call the fruits of an ungrateful heart. You see, there's always a consequence to something. The Bible is so profound when it talks about the reaping and sowing principle. Whatever you weep, whatever you sow, that you will reap. It is a biblical principle. started all the way in Genesis 1.12. Jesus modeled it in Luke 6. Talked about sowing and the measure that you'll get back from sowing and reaping. And so a lot of times what we have to understand is there are fruits from being ungrateful. There are fruits in our life that we, re- that we reap as a result of what we've sown by not giving thanks. Let me just give you a couple of those fruits. Disrespectful. Oh, man, I, I, it bothers me nowadays as some of the youth that are coming up in our world that are just so disrespectful toward elders. Toward, toward, toward their peers. Man, when I was a kid, church, I remember, man, that Miss so-and-so, that Miss, uh, Miss, Miss, uh, Miss Debbie down the street. I got PTSD <laughs> from Miss Debbie. My mom would tell Miss Debbie, if he act up, he your mama when I'm gone. So if he does something wrong, I want you to whoop him how I whoop him. And I remember one day telling Miss Debbie, you can't whoop me. You ain't my mama. Man, Miss Debbie got that leather belt out, and I thought that belt was made with goat skin. I'm, trying, I'm telling you, it was, it was something, man. She got that belt out, and she gave me about five to the back. I'll never forget that. But what it taught me is my mom, when she told my mom I went home, and guess what? I got ten more to the back. <laughs> it was ugly. Oh, man. And my mom told me. She looked at me. I'll never forget this. My mom told me. She says, you better be thankful for that woman. She says, she give you food. She helped put clothes on your back when I'm not here. When me and, your, me and your daddy out doing stuff. She says, she watch you. She don't charge us. You better be thankful. Don't you ever disrespect her. She, she instilled God's fear in my heart. She did. That day, I went back to Miss Debbie. Miss Debbie, I'm so sorry. Thank you. I love you. I love you so much. What can I do to help? And it was a different, I was a different kid. When my mom instilled that. But disrespect, my friends, can lead us to having an ungrateful heart. When we just disrespect people. We're not thankful for them. We don't respect who they are. We don't honor what they do. We don't honor what they bring, the values that they add to our life. We don't respect them. The other one is a demanding spirit. Expectations. That there's nothing more frustrating than unmet expectations. When you have an expectation of something or someone that they should have done and they don't do it, what does that do to you? It frustrates you because there was an unmet expectation. There was some kind of demand or a sense of entitlement there that causes us to be ungrateful. Another aspect that's a fruit of an ungrateful heart is disloyalty. We never find ourselves being planted or committed somewhere. That, 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 that begins to, to bear fruit in our relationships. That begins to bear fruit in, in how we serve at our job. Or leaving from this job to this job. We're always looking for the next. 
leaving from this church to this church because, ah, oh, that church, they did this good, but they, ah, oh, didn't feel the spirit. Ah, oh, there wasn't this, that. We always find ourselves going from one place to the next because of disloyalty. And everything that happens is a fruit of it. But we have to understand that fruit only comes as a result of a root. And so there's, there's roots in us that causes us to be ungrateful, disrespect, demanding spirit or expectancy, disloyalty. The other one I love to say is a big killer in America is debt. Like think, how can debt cause us to be ungrateful? I'll tell you exactly how. Because we're always driven to obtain something. We're never satisfied with what we have in the moment. We would always find ourselves going to the next thing, to the next thing. I got to get this, or this is the new fad, or this is the new trend, and I got to upgrade my car, and I got to get a new iPhone 10. Uh-oh. <laughs> got to get a new iPhone. Find ourselves always being driven to obtain and to consume and to have. And debt will accumulate if you don't got the money to pay for it. And so these are things that will cause us, my friends, to have an ungrateful heart that will lead us to not being thankful and expressing thanksgiving toward God and toward others. So I want to just kind of give you some practical things here of why I give thanks for everything and in all circumstances. Why, why, why? You may be asking, Will, I hear you. Why give thanks for everything? I should give thanks for the babies that are getting killed and sacrificed in Europe and in the Arab world. I should give thanks for, for people that are killing themselves and killing other people because of a, a different religion and different values. I should give thanks for that. I should give thanks that I lost my child or I lost my spouse or I lost my husband or, or, or my, my relative. I should give thanks because cancer took their life. I, I should give thanks to this stuff. Why should I give thanks to that? I'll tell you exactly why you should give thanks. The first thing I would definitely tell you is, Having thanksgiving, expressing thanksgiving reminds us that God is in charge. It reminds us that God is sovereign. I used that word before. And we hear this scripture called Romans 3, Romans 8, 28. We hear it a lot. A lot of us quote it as Christians, and this is how we'll say it. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We can say that, but do we really believe it? A friend, a, a few months ago, a friend of mine lost his sister tragically in a motorcycle accident. She was a, a motorcycle rider. She was about 37, 38, college-educated woman, had a young son that she was raising, 13 years old. Lost her life immediately in a, a car accident. A drunk driver hit her. Bam. Took her life on the motorcycle. And he looked at me and he said, will we, we, we say Romans 8, 28, man, and we'll get up and we'll preach it. Oh, glory to God. All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. But now, man, I got to live it. He said, I'm faced with living this. Why did God take my sister? Why did he allow that? To, why did he allow my nephew to be an orphan? He didn't have a dad or a mom. Dad was killed at an early age due to drug violence. And her dad or mom, why, why, why is that? And we say that we believe this scripture, but we, do we really believe it when times of testing comes, when tough situations comes and trials and circumstances come? But my friends, what I'm trying to help you to understand today that in Thanksgiving, it reminds us that God is actually in charge. 
We can say, God, I'll thank you for the good and I'm going to thank you for the bad. I thank you for the demotion because you have something else better for me. I thank you for the man that I thought was my husband, but he's nothing but a jerk because you have the right man for me. I thank you for the woman that I thought was my wife, but she's not who I, who I thought she was because you have the right woman for me. I thank you for the promotion that you've just given me because you need me to give more to my church. We need to have thanksgiving in our heart knowing that God is in charge of all things. God's absolutely in charge. The other thing is this, Thanksgiving, it demonstrates our faith in God who is in charge. You see, you can, you can say, God, I thank you. I really do. This is awesome. Or God, I know this is tough, but I thank you. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, my mother, I went back home because diabetes has taken a toll on her life. And she talked to me a few months ago, and we were praying together. I had her on my prayer list, and we were praying. And she says, Will, um, the infection in my foot is spreading, and they're telling me I might have to get it amputated. And she said, Will, I don't, I don't want to lose my foot, son. I'm the only boy, and so me and her have a, a really unique bond. And she says, I said, Ma, you won't lose your foot, and if you do, God's got something else for you. And she said, Yeah, I just don't want to lose my foot. And so about a week and a half ago, I... I get a call from home, and she called me, and she said, I'm in the hospital. They're telling me they need to go ahead and take my foot. And I said, Mom, um, I'll come on back home. I said, what do you want to do? And she said, I thank the Lord, Will. And I held the phone. And I said, what? She says, I thank the Lord. She says, I'm going to let him take it. I said, you want to let him take your foot? She said, yeah. She said, you know what? Because I know what? God said in his word, she says, I may enter into the kingdom with no fingers, no feet, no arms, no hands, but I entered in the kingdom. That's what she told me. So I'm at the hospital bed and we're getting ready to, they're getting ready to take her out and the doctors come in and we're, we're sitting there and, and my aunts are coming in and some people, some of her pastors comes in and my relatives and we got a big family and people are really discouraged. And my mom said, oh, y'all get out. I'm thankful to God because of this. She said, I'm going to tell you why. Because if they wouldn't have caught this infection, it could have spread it to my leg. And they could have took my leg. Not only that, it could have spread it to my kidney that God gave me two and a half years ago. And I would have needed another kidney. She said, so if they got to take out this infection and cut my foot off, thanks be to God. I'll get a prosthetic and live life continuously in the Lord Jesus. And it just hit me because, my friends, not only was she thankful to God, but she was thankful because she had a faith in God that it did not matter what she endured in her body. As Paul said, these present sufferings that we're going to go through are not compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us once we reach Christ. And so my mom understood this simple principle that she was thankful and she demonstrated thanksgiving because of her faith in God. And she understood that God was in charge of all things. And she knew that in God's word that one day she's going to get a new body, a glorified body. And she's just a citizen passing through this earth waiting to inherit the eternal earth, the kingdom of God that will one day be established on heaven when Jesus comes back. My friends, Thanksgiving demonstrates our faith in God who is in charge. The other thing is this. Last thing is this. Thanksgiving helps us to refrain from having an ungrateful heart. It helps us to refrain 
from having an ungrateful heart. There's a scripture in Psalms 34 and 1. I love it. Many of you may have it memorized. But it says it like this. I will bless the Lord at all times. Not sometimes, not in the good, not just in the bad, but in every circumstance, in every situation when it's tough, when it's hard, when I feel like giving up, when I feel like throwing in a towel, when my kids are getting on my nerve, when I don't understand the transition happening in my children, when I don't understand the transition happening in my body, when I'm in a season of the wilderness, when it's tough, when I need a decision to make, I will bless the Lord. I will give thanks to God. I will praise God at all times. And this is what I love about it. It didn't just stop at all times. It says his praise shall always continually be on my lips. Church, church, don't miss what that psalmist wrote. Thanksgiving keeps us from having a heart that can become ungrateful. My friends, we should be thankful. Listen, when I go overseas and we're going to go in just nine days, man, I've been in huts. I've been on islands where we haven't had a shower in a full week. I've been in places, man, we couldn't even eat. The locals weren't eating, so I wasn't eating. We fasted and prayed and trusted God and the word of God to be our food. And I'm telling you, my friends, this has brought a new perspective of thanksgiving for me. Sometimes when I get in my shower and turn on hot water, guess what I say? God, thank you for hot water. I'm serious. Because that's something so minute that we can take advantage of. But when you're in the sub-Saharan desert or in the North Arabian Peninsula and you don't even have a shower, man, when you get back home and you can lay in your king, queen, a full-size, twin-size bed and it got pillow top on it and even just some springs under it that give you a little bit of comfort, God, I thank you for this soda. I thank you for it. I'm serious. Just the little things that we allow us to become ungrateful. So it's a little thing. God, I thank you that my kids can go to a school and get education. God, I thank you that my kids are in good health. I thank you. God, I thank you that I've got multiple pairs of shoes to put on my feet. I thank you. God, I thank you that I can put something on my back, something on my head. I thank you, God, that I can put something in my stomach on the regular. God, I thank you. I thank you for the job that I have. Yeah, I can't stand my boss and my coworkers, they're annoying. But I thank you because you allow me to have insurance and benefits and provide for my family and put a roof over my head and food on my table. God, I thank you. My friends, America needs a revolution of the church being thankful. When I go to the bank and my bank teller is giving me money that's in my bank account, guess what? That money didn't have to be in there. God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. So, my friends, we've got to ask ourselves the question. How are we demonstrating thanksgiving toward God who has given us all things, whether good or bad? And how are we demonstrating that thanksgiving toward him and toward others? Are you needing a revolution in your own heart to say, man, you know what? I need to become more aware of the things I'm thankful of. God's been really good to me. And I haven't really told him how thankful I am. God's been really good to me. And I I haven't told other people of how thankful I am of how good he is to me. I'll tell you, my friends, being thankful can lead somebody to Jesus. 
Then I ask you, why are you always thankful? Why are you always joyful? And you'll be able to share your story. I'm going to tell you why I'm thankful. Because God's been so good to me. Let me tell you about the things he's done in my life. And not only can he do it for me, he can do it for you. So today, this is what I want to do as we end our time. I, we, we got some papers. I got some papers that we're going to get passed out here. I've got some friends that are passing. I just want you to pass out that paper to each and every person. We're just going to do a, a quick exercise as we end our time together. I did this in one of my master's classes as I was studying for a degree. And uh, it was revolutionary in my own life. It's a spiritual formation exercise. But the professor challenged us. He said, Will, uh, he said class, I, I want you to do something uh, that many of you probably have never done. And I'm listening. I'm, my head, I'm on the edge of my seat. He says, I, I want you to write out 100 things that you're thankful for. Oh, my gosh. What? But I tell you, my friends, that it was one of the most transforming things I'd ever done. Today, I'm not going to have you write out 100, but I'm going to at least challenge you to write out 25. And this is what I want you to do. We're going to take the next few minutes, and I just want you and your spouse, or you not even you and your spouse, but as individuals, as individuals, I want you to write 25 things down that you can say, I am thankful to God because of this. 25 things. It'll take us maybe two and a half minutes to do it. But I just want you to begin to pray right now in your own time and just reflect and say, God, help me to understand some things that I may not have been as thankful for, but I need to be thankful for. And allow the Holy Spirit to just illuminate the things in your life that he's done by his grace and his mercy and his favor because of his love that you should express thanksgiving toward. So the next two and a half minutes, I just want you to begin to reflect as Pastor Najee plays some music behind us and just write down 25 things you would say man I'm thankful for this
as you're writing. I know many of you are flowing and it's just coming to you. That's awesome. But then there may be some of you who are like, oh, man, I can't think of anything. And that's okay because we're all in a different place. But one of the things that this exercise does and is doing, it will begin to show you some areas that you may be a little ungrateful. It's okay. But then it will begin to also show you some areas where you shouldn't be as ungrateful. But on the, other way, on the other hand, you should be more thankful. So as you're concluding, just writing down those 25, this is what I really want you to do. This was kind of just a, a kickstart for you. I want you to keep this in your Bible or your, your something personal that you, you, you get out every day. And as you have quiet time with Jesus, as you read his word this week or on your lunch break or whenever you make that time, I want you to just begin to add to that list. And I'd love for you by next Sunday to see if you can get to 100. And, and I think this would be an awesome thing if, if, if those of you that will come back next Sunday when Pastor Matt shows a, shares a great message, or, or not Pastor Matt, or whoever I think, yeah, somebody's going to be here, Pastor Matt, um, when he shares this message and, and, and begin to think about all the things that you're thankful for, what I think would be awesome is you brought that piece of paper back next Sunday, and you guys just, you took a selfie of that. And you put it on things. You put it on Instagram. You put it on Facebook. You know why? Because we're a church that should be the church of Jesus that should be penetrating a culture that lacks thanksgiving. And so if we're going to do that, it starts with us, the church. And so begin to let people know why the hills is thankful. Why, why, why are you thankful here? What, you, come, you come here, you make this your church. Let people know all across the world through social media. This is why we're thankful. It's a great thing for Thanksgiving and Christmas, but it's not just a thing for Thanksgiving and Christmas. It should be a lifestyle. So that's what I want you to do. Start with your 25 today, and each day just try to add something to it until you get to 100. And next Sunday, man, bring that back. Put it in, put it in their face. Put it in Pastor Matt's face. Put it in Jeff's face. Put it in Kellen's face. Put it in Najee's face. Say, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Let's take a picture of this and tell God how thankful. Well, let's show the world how thankful we are because the world needs to see our thankfulness. They need to see why we're thankful. The world doesn't want to see religious people. They want to see broken people. They want to see people that are broken. People that say, now I'm just like you. The only difference is Jesus has me, made me a new person. But I still have struggles. I still have habits, hurts, and hang-ups. But I'm thankful. And so some of you, listen, you may be here today, my friends, and there may be somebody and Listen, you just don't, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've been seeking, you've been searching, and you're looking. And I want to make sure that you have an opportunity today to take the first step to be thankful. Because that's what we should all be thankful for is the reality that Jesus Christ came to earth to live a life that you and I could have never lived. And he died as you and I took our place to die death that we should have died. Jesus came to pay the penalty of our sin. And he took away that sin through his death, burial, and resurrection, my friend. And let me tell you the good news about the gospel. Even though we're lost in sin, God gave a solution to that problem. And he did it through Jesus Christ and his cross. Today, Jesus Christ sits on the right hand of the Father, my friends, and he has given anyone the opportunity that would want to receive his love and his grace and the forgiveness of their sins and to have a relationship with God. You can only do that through Jesus Christ and asking him to forgive you of your sins and inviting him into your heart to make you a new person. It's the only way you can have a relationship with God. But that's your first step of thankfulness because that, my friends, will revolutionize your life 
but it's also revolutionizing the world. And so if you're here today and you would say, Will, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've been seeking. I've been searching. And I just kind of want to take that first step to trust that he died for my sins because I admit that I'm a sinner and I'm separated from God because I don't know him and I'm searching for him. It doesn't feel like he's around. I don't hear him. But I believe that there is a God and I know that I'm hearing about this Jesus that came to pay the price for my sins and my sins separate me from this holy, loving, perfect God who's created me to have a purpose and he has a plan for my life. And I want that today you can have it if you were to simply just say Jesus I turn away from my sins and I accept your forgiveness of my sins to have a relationship with God the Father and begin that journey today my friends if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life and you're here listen I'm going to count to three as we just as I invite every person in here just to just quickly close your eyes just close your eyes with me and if you would say, Will, I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior, I'm just going to ask you to do me a one favor. Do it for God and do it for me so that I can see you and pray with you if you want to make this your prayer. Say, Will, I want to receive Jesus. I want him to be Lord of my life. At the count of three, all I'm going to do is ask you to raise your hand very quickly. If that's you, while every eye is closed, it's just between you and God. If that's you, say, Will, I want to give my life to Jesus. One, two, three. If that's you, lift your hand. Thank you. 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 Listen, I want you to pray with me today. Listen, if you've never given your life to Jesus, some of you have, have are recommitting, and that's awesome. But if you've never given your life to Jesus before, I want you to pray this prayer with me and confess it with your heart because it's you. The Bible says if you confess with your heart, believe, believe, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And today as you're making this public public declaration and lift your hand and say I want to be a child of the king I want to be a son of God I want to be saved I want you to pray this prayer with me dear Lord Jesus just in your own heart today I turn away from my sin and I turn toward your love and forgiveness come Holy Spirit and make me a new person so that I may serve Jesus and follow him for the rest of my days. Thank you, Lord, for the assurance that as I turn away from my sin and I accept your love, that I am a child of you. Thank you for saving me. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, my friends, if you prayed that prayer and you have made a decision to follow Jesus, this is your first time. Pastor Matt is getting ready to come, and he's going to allow you to fill out this card so they can get more information and help you take your next steps. This is the beginning of your journey. But I want to encourage you all, live a life of thanksgiving. Don't let thanks be thanks what in your life. Let thanks be, I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to give thanks. To God for everything he's done in my life for the good the bad and the ugly and I guarantee you you'll grow in your faith with the Lord others will see the light that shines in you and you'll be a light in this community and eventually throughout the world because of thanksgiving to God and toward others God bless you thank you so much thank you Will